welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the second album from a band called Charlie Bliss called Young Enough, and it starts out with a song called Blown to Bits. Life begins with such a sweet synth tone and I think that sets the tone for the album sonically but I like how it after that introduction then it gradually brings in guitars and then as we fade out there there's some drums coming in and so they're not neglecting the rock side of things but they're clearly leading with the foot of we're a synth pop band that also is a rock band wow that's not how I would characterize them but okay. Well, I mean, it's. I feel like you they're... can describe them as power pop or any number of other ways, but I think they're they're leading with the pop foot. Yeah. Not the power foot. Yeah. No, it was the synth pop that I objected to. But I think they're a rock band that has a lot of synths. Anyway, this is a <laughs> band that this is their second album. They're all relatively young. I think we saw them open for a Wolf Parade a few years ago. They've been doing a ton of touring, working their careers effectively. This album was produced by Joe Ciccarelli, who has a very long career in the music industry and I think gave this album a really a real depth of sound that they might not have gotten otherwise. Yeah, it, it it has the self-assured sound of a band that's not on their second album for sure. Yeah, and someone I, I read some review that said this sounds like major label debut records used to sound, and I think that's accurate. Yeah, it, it has that polish, and they clearly are steering into it, that they want to have that polished sound, even as the lyrical content is a little rough-edged, one might say, and just the, the contrast of the sort of ordinary life reality shows karate lessons your team winning unexpectedly and it could just all it could all end tomorrow the inspiration for it is something that with all of the craziness hey you remember how last year like hawaii thought they were going to get nuked and for like hours before the alarm was pulled back there's a text message an emergency text message sent out to like everybody in hawaii saying there's a nuclear missile on the way yeah, and so it's they saw that inspiration just as a nice reminder of like, oh yeah, there really could be nukes headed at any moment and maybe cherish even the little things become big when compared to nothing. Yeah. So it's a little heavy for such a 
fun pop album and again really setting the tone so the next song we'll play is called capacity extremely 80s sounding drums are Sam Hendricks, who's the older brother of Eva Hendricks, who's the lead vocalist. And then they play with their childhood friend Spencer Fox on guitar and Dan Schur on bass. Yeah, it's uh, fun to see sibling bands, especially when the collaboration is clearly so successful. It is this song takes me on a bit of a ride because I think the first time I heard it, the opening is just kind of the synth and her kind of processed low voice. And I got the super metric vibe. And then it takes a trip to the eighties in a way that I was not expecting from how it starts. And it has this brightness. And I think that guitar solo we heard a little of also very, very eighties. So that gated reverb drums and these guitar sounds. And I think it's this very personal song from this band i think i don't think any of these members were probably alive in the 80s but uh this message of it's the sunniness and this brightness uh, contrasted not with sort of existential angst but instead one person's just like i can't please everybody i can't do everything i, I may have been raised to be good at everything but you just have to pick one or two things and it's it's a very sweet kind of message of Okay is good enough. <laughs> Eva Hendricks writes all the lyrics and she made a point in this record um, compared with their first record to be more sort of personal and open in the lyrics. And she has discussed in interviews the fact that this is a lot about a bad relationship that she got out of and some difficult things that she was dealing with. And I think that makes the song so much more. It it, it makes, makes me connect with them so much more. Yeah, she's... Opening so much of herself here to just that notion of how other people distract her from herself. And I know I need to focus on me. And then this entire bridge is like this backstory of her as a kid and how she was raised and trying to get past that and the mojo that's put on you as a kid. And it's really inspiring to see them claiming this power and claiming themselves as adults and what they're all, I guess, in their mid 20s ish. And it's, it's, you know, that's about the right age to be figuring this stuff out. And this is just such a fabulous song. And I think they recognized it by, I think it's the lead single from the album. And then recently NPR put out a list of the best songs of 2019 so far. And this made the list. And I can understand it because it's just, it's so impeccably structured musically. And there's nice little touches, like the verses kind of shift 
length and this is something that you know it's this seemingly very pop sound but then the verses are slightly different lengths over the course of the song the choruses sometimes expand and, and contract so like the, the first chorus only talks about resurrected from the basement but then the second and third chorus have uh, resurrected and complacent as a great rhyme to that and that they're mixing things up and adding little tweaks on it so this isn't just bubble gum it's a substantial meal so the next we'll play is called Camera. back to what you said at the beginning where you labeled them a synth pop band and I think both of the first two songs that we played start with this kind of synthy drone and then this song intentionally starts with guitar but it's like a looped guitar part it's not natural and then there's the guitar playing over it yeah which I think it, it's an interesting choice it feels very yeah it puts you a little on edge a little off kilter and then it's another one of these just extreme sweetness I would describe this sort of singing style, and I feel like this is not the first band we've talked about this year where this ability to hyper-enunciate mm-hmm. in this chorus, and yet it somehow feels flowing and feels just completely natural, like I'm being pulled along, even though every syllable is just being punched, and just the combination of her singing style and the production here and that she has contrast a, is amazing. Yeah, she has a musical theater background, and I wonder if that has something to do with it. It is very theatrical because, yeah, it, it, it's in a different with different instrumentation. You feel like this could be in a musical, and and yet here in, in this milieu, it also completely works. And it's another case of taking, you know, a sort of personal experience, or uh, here just. Oh, someone, you know, tried to use my card and spinning out in sort of imagining what's out there in the world and then thinking about what's in her own life and just this wonderful notion of like uh, everything's coming and I can't like the world is too complicated. And and then that just heart rending. If you think it's bad today, just wait. It's ah, it's (laughs) a little heartbreaking and yet funny. Yeah, there's these dark lyrics that are delivered with this very high, as you said, somewhat theatrical voice that also she has a little graveliness and raspiness to it that makes it, it gives it a really interesting quality that I think takes a little getting used to, but I like it. There is a persistent effect on her voice that I can't quite place. I think it's not overdone, but it is noticeably there. Their voice does feel ever so slightly synthetic Mm -hmm. in a way that it doesn't sound bad, but it's just, it's noticeably there. And well, once you said uh, metric, which is Emily Haynes, that makes me now I'm thinking that that does sound a little bit like metric. Yeah. But it's again, taking that 
bit of vocal style and putting it in a completely different songwriting approach Mm -hmm. and it's both it's sunnier poppier more willing to go into the 80s so that i think that shows what good production can do and as we said this is joe ciccarelli who's a super experienced producer who has produced like every big name in alternative rock that i can think of and and i was surprised that he was working with such a a band that's kind of up and coming and uh, especially they're on barsic records who are near and dear to my heart because they are the record label of my favorite band, The Long Winters, who I I no longer say is my favorite band because I don't think they'll ever put out another record. But um but they're kind of a very small Seattle label. And so it's nice that they got these this big name talent to help them really develop their sound. Well it's it's something that's good to see that's someone with a big name and a lot of talent instead of just picking out people who are already established, is able to say, hey, who's who's an up-and-comer who I can really help achieve that potential instead of just someone who's already at that potential. So the next song we're going to play is the title track, Young Enough. It is also the longest song on the album. I think it's also structurally the most ambitious where the distinctions between verses and pre-choruses and bridge kind of fall apart. Like I try to break down the song into just times of like, oh, what, when do the different parts happen? And they kind of step on each other's toes. Weird little breaks happen. These instrumentals that I think are going to lead to a different place, but then suddenly know you're into this bridge. These weird little piano solos, which as... I think the first and maybe only piano we hear on this record and it's kind of jarring and leads to this epic kind of experience where it's taking you on this incredibly emotional journey and they only as they said like you know young enough to think it should hurt this much where people who are young think like oh the fact that this relationship hurts means that it means something and they're just old enough now that that was not that long ago and they can really they still feel it in their bones what it was like 
to feel that pain. And it's put into this again over five minute long um, just narrative onslaught. Yeah, it's basically one chord and it just sort of ramps up in emotion and intensity by layering on some instruments as it goes along. We came in maybe two minutes in. So the beginning is more spare and it just kind of like ramps up and ramps up and ramps up. And then there's a really good cathartic moment towards the end. Yeah, and then there are these little moments, though, of just drums, not super even processed, although I think we still hear some of those 80s style drums, but mostly it's just a very clean drum sound where we get these moments to catch our breaths before she comes back with, we're young enough, and that repeated refrain, and we were all that young at one point, I think. I think I was that young. (laughs) The next song we'll play is called Bleak. This is probably my favorite track on this record. It's so catchy. And I wasn't sure that I would have that much to say about it, but it's it's just, I really like it. Which is so funny because you were saying, oh, there's a lot of synth. And I was just thinking, I was just thinking wow, the guitars on this are really rocking. Yeah. And but I was the- an idiot to emphasize the synths. <laughs> but I think the what really stands out is the beam, 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 beam. Oh, yeah. That melodic line, line is yeah. Yeah, very distinctive and is very energetic, even as... Yet another song about sort of existential dread and just trying to make it through the world. And just, uh, I think she's like, I am uh, I'm effing joy and I hemorrhage light. And it's just such a great positive message with just laced with fury as she's facing just horrible uh, materialistic world that she's in. Yeah. And it's what I, I'm very charmed we were able to play that bridge there. And there's not too much showy drumming but here where these these little hiccups where the rhythm keeps dropping a beat and it really puts you on edge going into what is an otherwise otherwise kind of a triumphant part of the song because it's so huge and there's these layering of vocals i think both backing vocals and sometimes they'll use like these synths that sound like vocals and all all of those combined together give it this bigness and it should sound rollicking and triumphant but then it's this hiccup keeps 
no, I'm, I'm not getting into it. And I, I like the, the, the push and the pull of that as, as songwriters. Yeah, and the, the way the album is structured, there's a real like one-two punch here with just really poppy, catchy songs that actually have a very dark undertones and the lyrics are very dark. And so there's this song was Bleach and then it's paired with the next song that we'll play called Chat Room. extreme example of the contrast of the music with the lyrical content where it's so bright and so sweet and just this sing along get everyone in the room happy and it's about a horrible relationship with someone who abused her and her rising up to challenge that person and face them like no you everyone may think you're great but I know the truth and I'm going to show everyone and it's such a great She's reclaiming her power, even as the song is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's amazing. This is a quote from an interview with her talking about the song. She says, I was sexually assaulted by someone that I dated, and it took me years to admit it to myself and then sort out my feelings and stop blaming myself for it. Listening to Chat Room makes me feel strong. I think of it as a joyful song about removing toxic waste and garbage people from your life. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a garbage person, and she is showing herself as the winner of this exchange because to come out strong with her head held high and singing triumphantly like this and it is such a fun song and i i feel kind of bad about it being like enjoying it so much and yet she wants us to enjoy it she wants us to feel that triumph with her all the songs on this record have such great pop hooks that you don't find as often anymore it's like really swinging for the fences of wanting to create these kind of sing-along songs that also have depth and ha- that have really interesting musical and production touches. Well, this, yeah, the stru- structurally, the song is crazy because it's sort of verse, verse, chorus, and then goes into a series of different bridges, which are kind of, we, hear, we heard the first two there, and the second ends up being kind of this call and response between two different singers, and then this crazy stereo effect where one of the singers is kind of swinging back and forth between left and right. And so it's just very playful in a Mm. way that that it's bright and playful and joyful and everything you would not expect a my ex-boyfriend assaulted me kind of song to be and the little like video game sounds in the the (laughs) that just create such a fun texture to it 
Yeah, it is. And just lyrically, some of these sections, you know, to read the lyrics, it is. there's no way a person could deliver this and have it sound smooth. And yet it, the, at no point does it fit, sound stilted. Like mm-hmm. she is a remarkable singer in addition to being the songwriter, just to write these very complicated lyrics and then to deliver them in a way that does not sound complicated. Mm-hmm. And it, you might call it hard to believe, which is the name <laughs> of the next song we'll play. <laughs> really brings the guitar but there still is a lot of synth there's that melodic synth line so i think overall when we saw the album i think you were right this is very it was more synth pop oriented than i would have thought at first yet i i think for me the balance of those elements and how harmoniously they work together is Mm -hmm. what's remarkable and i think here i think the guitar and bass the more rock elements are able to play this game where there are these just really odd and unexpected chord changes that happen where the during these interludes and verses it just kind of hiccups where I don't expect it to and it's very pleasing it's just this very sweet but with there's there's a little spice in here it's not gonna drive anyone away but there's enough interest to repeat you know reward repeat listens Mm -hmm. that the you know, these sort of hefty bits that it's very rocky. And then the I think the guitar and bass step back and let the uh, synths come into the foreground for this chorus that is, once again, super melodic, super bubblegummy. I, I don't want to say catchy because it applies to almost every song on this album. And it's just remarkable to me how successfully they've made almost every song on here a, a sing-along triumph while just delving into bad relationships and the the underlying angst of this age of just everything seems to be kind of messed up both for her and for the world and yet finding the the elements of joy and sometimes you have to take care of yourself and create what you need to create and the, yeah. re- the rest of the world will will be what it is and just make you make it the best you can be. Yeah, I think this band could have sort of taken it easy with the fact that their first album was well-received and got a lot of critical attention and they could have made a second album that was sort of more of the same and instead they really expanded their sound and went in a different direction and sort of trying to actualize more of what they thought they could do as musicians rather than sticking with a formula. And it's 
an interesting sound that's a lot more it comes across as more pop on first listen than you know as you said that then you realize there's so much depth underneath and yeah, that's what i really like about it there the the nice little touches structurally the complexity of the lyrics that you don't even pick up on little production touches that add interest without being distracting just everything about it is impressive and to think that this is a sophomore album I yeah, would there, not have thought it. There are there, cutting out if you don't count one of the songs that's more of an interlude. There are really eleven or ten tracks on here, and we can really only play eight in in to keep this to thirty minutes. And it was really hard to figure out which of which two we were going to drop because every single song is has, stands on its own merits, and we could really talk a lot about it. it's a, all as you would say all killer all filler yes. when you mean all killer no filler. Yes, I, I could mean that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's all we've got to say. We're going to go out with the last song on the record that's called The Truth. And again, we've been discussing the sophomore album called Young Enough by a band called Charlie Bliss. It's C-H-A-R-L-Y. Bliss like you would expect. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>